0: Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing? Okay? Pretty good? Okay, great. Uh, So this morning, here's what we're going to do. I want to make sure that you got these cards, the response cards. Um, We are uh, looking at um, something that always escapes us. Uh, He is there, he is constantly very close to us, if not inside us, and yet we hardly ever hear, we hardly ever feel the nudge, we hardly ever have a conversation with him. Of course, everybody knows, right, it's the Holy Spirit. I know that several years ago there was this uh, blockbuster movie that made the headlines and uh, It started with uh, the song, Who Are You Going to Call? Okay, does anybody know who that is? (laughs) You know, if you're, uh, uh, if you've got ghosts in the attic and your business has been haunted and uh, pesky uh, guests are coming in and destroying your business and, uh, you know, getting your your customers out of the door or before they even come in, who are you going to call? Come on. Who are you going to call? Okay, all right, very good. Now, if... If you have a problem with your plumbing in the house, who are you going to call? <laughs> oh, it just depends on, uh, I guess, <laughs> <what> <laughs> it just depends on, uh, you know, what generation you're in. You know, my generation, you you got to call Roto-Rooter. It's Roto-Rooter, that's the name, and way goes trouble. Come on, you know, you know that, right? All right, way goes trouble down the drain, right? This is... This is the, the, the thing that kind of stuck, sticks in your mind and you're supposed to think of that name and the first time you think of the name, you call and, you know, that's how they have their business. But unfortunately, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a little song. But maybe, you know, at the end of the sermon, I'm going to sing you a song uh, and then invite you up to uh, come and get refilled, okay? Do we need to be refilled? Yes, we need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is inside. I think we all should, you know, we all should have a little stamp on uh, whatever uh, what we're wearing on top of whatever we wear to work. And it should say H.S. Inside. Not Henry Sideropoulos, but Holy Spirit Inside. Okay? And because that will remind us, you know why? Because people will say, what does that mean, H.S. Inside? So that will remind us, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit is inside me. Is inside me. What about... The Christian life, you see. When I know that you think that you know, I'm right now. I'm pretty high, you know, top of you guys. I'm much higher than anybody else, uh, even Malathy that's up there. <laughs> but the fact is that just because I'm your pastor, just because I have gone through all these sermons and all this knowledge and all this Bible study and all that stuff that I've done that you probably think that, you know, Henry's got it all together. He's perfect. He doesn't have any problems. He's constantly able to behave and constantly able to do all the nice things that Christians should do. And I want to, I'm here to tell you that I'm also struggling uh, with this situation today. This is the, the problem that we all have. We have the Holy Spirit inside. We have all the promise of God. And yet we struggle with certain things. We struggle with sins. The pet peeves that we have. The the problems that come into our life and don't wanna go, just like the pesty ghosts of ghostbusters. Uh, there are things that, you know, plug up our system so we cannot you know, say praise to God, you know. Uh, we, can, we come to church and we feel guilty and, you know, hopefully, you know, we have enough songs like Majesty that get us into our knees and say, Lord, I thank you because you're a good God and that your majesty doesn't come down on us and just destroy us because we failed again this week. So we try and try and try and we're still back to failing. How do you deal with that old nature, the Adamic nature? The, the, the Bible calls it the flesh. The flesh is a, is a bad word in Scripture. The flesh is the kind of instinctual power and instincts that we have that come up. And just instead of us being forgiving, we say, you know, I want to get you back. And instead of us, you know, saying the truth, we're going to hide the truth. It's, instead of us, you know, doing great things for God, We do great things for ourselves. Me and my family, my money, my bank account, my retirement, my family. It's all about us. And no matter how many times we get really set up and we get all excited and say, you know, this time I'm going to do it. This time I'm going to be able to get rid of that sin. This time I'm going to be able to overcome. And even when we overcome once in a while, it's just a question of time before... The power rises inside us, the old nature of the revolts, and there we go again. It stubbornly refuses to budge. That's our flesh. It's just set up that way. We've inherited from Adam and Eve. This is the reason that we have so much misery in life because it's the humanity, it's not just the planet, it's not just the elements, it's not just the weather, it's actually our humanity that is at the center of all that. And God has given us his Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ because he wants us to be like light, the lights in the world. He wants us to be the example of people to follow. And then, but when we look at inside us, when we, look at, when we take a, a toll of what's going on inside us and how we behave and how we think and feel, we realize that we're not ready for prime time yet. And we've been around for years and years. Well, I've been around for years and years. Perhaps you're having trouble with anger. Perhaps you're having trouble with unforgiveness. Perhaps you're having trouble with lust and cheating and lying and you know, foul language. And you want, you want after because you're embarrassed. You're a Christian. People know you're a Christian. You proudly said, I'm a Christian. You know, I go to this church called Agape, and, you know, it means love. And, but there's no loving. And, of course, Satan twists, you know, the, the guilt, makes it even more difficult for us. Paul writes a letter to Timothy. He's a younger man who has done amazingly well in the ministry. And he's now a pastor in different churches that Paul is sending him to. And he's writing to him and said, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and of of discipline. A spirit of love, power, and discipline. This is what you're supposed to be enjoying right now. This is what you're supposed to be actually into throughout the week. Even when you're alone, even when you have the time to just settle down, read the Word of God, meditate, and then ask the Holy Spirit, how am I doing? How can you help me to get rid of all these nasty little things that destroy my joy and destroy my witness? If we walk in sync with the Spirit we won't sink in sin. I want you to repeat that with me. If we walk in sync with the Spirit, we won't won't sink in sin. Let me remind you of some basic truths about the Holy Spirit. You receive Him At the moment of your conversion. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, I need to go. I need to, after the resurrection, he said, I have to go. And they said, no, no, no. This is just starting. This is just getting exciting. This is, you just, you know, came out from the dead. That's never happened before. Nobody ever came like that. And you are amazing. You are brilliant. You are wonderful. You are the Lord that we really worship. You cannot go now. He says, no, I have to go because I have something better for you. Jesus came in the flesh. So he could not be at different places at the same time. But remember what happened after the resurrection? He was like back and forth, right? People were, you know, were like, what? we saw him in Emmaus. We saw him over on the mountain. We saw him here and there. And they, they could not understand how he was able to do that because he had a glorified body. And he was now free from the flesh. Free from the, the constrictions of time and place. But he said that I need to leave because once I leave, God will send you the spirit, the paraclete, the comforter, the spirit of power, of love, and discipline. And if I don't go, he will not come. And of course, that promise became true at Pentecost. And thousands and thousands of people throughout the known world were impacted, were born again, and then went out to spread the great news. And today, Christianity the teachings of Jesus and the disciples of Jesus outnumber any other religion in the world. But the question right now for us is the, the quality of the life that we live through the Spirit. We receive him at the moment of conversion when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He comes into our heart in your spirit That's why God created us with soul and spirit so we can have that that compartment for him. God always wanted to be close to us. We don't receive the Holy Spirit because we have become powerful. This is a lot of the the confusion in our hearts and minds. We think that if I study my Bible, if I go according to the Word of God, if I am disciplined, if I fast and pray, if I do everything right, then the Holy Spirit will do great things for me. No, that's absolutely not. That is not how He works. We don't receive the Holy Spirit by becoming powerful spiritually. No, we become powerfully spiritually because we have the Holy Spirit, because Christ has given us His Holy Spirit. We don't receive the Holy Spirit because we are good. No. We become good because God has given us His Spirit. This is, we have to make sure that it's not upside down in our heads. I want us to make sure that we are clear in our minds. We're disciplined in our minds and in our habits. That if we are struggling with something, we're not going to get it by ourselves. We're not going to be able to get one step further in getting better unless the Holy Spirit is involved. We don't receive the Holy Spirit because we are dedicated, obedient, loving, disciplined, etc. No, we don't. We become dedicated, obedient, disciplined because He has given us His Holy Spirit. Let me make it even more clear. The only requirement for receiving... The Holy Spirit is having a thirst. Being weak in your disciplines. Failing in living the life of Christ. Those are the requirements. And everybody should say, okay, that's great. Because I'm really doing good at that. I'm really good at failing. I'm really good at repeatedly repeating the same sin over and over and getting frustrated. Really, this is what I need. I need somebody to come in and not be just me trying to fight myself. Which is a losing battle. What did Jesus promise? Not only will He quench our thirst, but He said, "In us, talking about the Holy Spirit, will be this source of living waters—just rivers of living waters." Remember how He He met this woman who was thirsty, the the woman at the well. And she did not realize where her thirst was coming from. She thought that she had a thirst for companionship. She had a thirst for being loved by men. So she married five times. She married again and again and again and again and again. Until finally she met Jesus and told her, you know what? That's not how you're going to quench your thirst. The thirst that you have is a spiritual thirst for companionship with God. And if you listen to me, you will also not have to come here every day and draw out water, especially by yourself, because you are ashamed or you've been shamed by your community. You will be the refreshing water of your community. It's not only that we have the Spirit of God, the Spirit has us. This is the problem. The problem is when you have something, you're limited by time and space. I mean, how much stuff do we have in our in the armamentarium of playthings, right? Toys and all kinds of stuff that we can do and computers and, and cell phones and tablets and screens, giant screens or small screens. Or, you know, we have so much stuff that we can actually enjoy, right? And what happens? It just goes by the wayside. Most of the time we just, you know, get stuck with one thing and that's it. That's all we do. We don't really go around and just checking everything. So we have the same thing going on with the Holy Spirit. He's got so much stuff for us, but we never really connect with Him. To be able to take advantage of all the help, all the power, and all the love and discipline that God can give us. The Spirit must have us. What does Jesus require of us through His Spirit? He wants us to be led by the Spirit. He wants us to be led by His Holy Spirit. Why? Because... If we do not ask the Holy Spirit to help us with our, our difficulties, to help us with our repetitive, stuck sins, we will not be able to overcome. Because the Holy Spirit has the power, not us. The Holy Spirit has the love of God in us. The Holy Spirit has that, the mind of Christ, the discipline to be able to grow methodically, and, and constantly growing and becoming more and more like Christ. Do you want freedom from discouragement? Do you want freedom from frustration, being frustrated by your, for yourself, and the fact that you cannot get through this wall or this problem in front of you? You need the freedom that only the Holy Spirit can give you. To be led by the Spirit, it means willingly. That's the that's the focus of the word in Greek. that verb in Greek. The verb in Greek that you have to be. We have to be led by the Spirit, but we have to be willing to be led. The Holy Spirit is so much powerful. I mean, He's the one that actually, you know, with the power that God created the universe. He is the one that has done amazing things. He is the one that, you know, helped raise Jesus from the dead with the Father's command. And he had all the sins of all of mankind on him when he died, when Jesus died. And yet the Holy Spirit has the resurrection power to bring Jesus out and then up to heaven because he has that amazing power. And because of that, we need to understand that we have to walk in step with the Spirit. We have to be in sync with the Spirit. When sin is crouching at the door, when our imagination and our playthings and our habits are leading us the wrong way, we have to ring for the Holy Spirit. We have to say, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, come and help me. Come and rescue me. Rescue me. Rescue me from myself. Rescue me from my desires. Rescue me from my habits. Rescue me from my ego, my flesh that is still living inside me, even though it should be dead. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. You've been saved, sealed, and delivered. Now is the time to walk in step with the Spirit. When bad habits are calling when they are calling your name, anger and lust and desire and pride, who are you going to call? Holy Spirit. Who are you going to call? Holy Spirit. What I'd like to do is I want you to, right now, I want you to ask the question in your heart. I want you to Close your eyes for a second. And have the Holy Spirit, not you. Have the Holy Spirit inside you. Call on him. Holy Spirit, I don't even know where to start. I know I would have a pretty good idea where to start, but I know that may not be right. May not be the right way. Can you give me a list? Or where I start. Looking at my bad habits, look at those places that I'm stuck in, Lord. Look at, at my spiritual disciplines. I need both, Spirit of the living God. Help me to get back to Bible study, not just reading. Help me to go back, Lord, to hearing the Word of God. Help me to go back to applying what I read and understand. Help me to get back to fellowship during the week, not just once a week. Help me to get back, Spirit of the Living God, into having that conversation with you daily throughout the day, in the midst of the day, in the midst of all the problems and all the anxieties and all the stresses to speak with you, constantly to draw from you the love that you already deposited in my heart and love others. The power that you already have deposited in my heart to have the power to change from the inside out and to have the discipline of a mind that is the mind of Christ that knows how to handle all kinds of things that are in my hands, my relationships, my work, my fellowship with other believers, my prayer life, my struggles, my fears, going to ask you to uh, do something that we don't do that often. I know that uh, when the Holy Spirit came, the apostles were able to put their hands on the heads of the people that were baptized and they would receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not an apostle, <laughs> but I'm your pastor. I'm ordained. And it's that ordination that comes from Jesus all the way to the apostles and then the rest of Christianity, Christian men and women throughout the ages till now. So that is the unbroken bond that we have. So I'm going to ask you to come when you're ready, come forward, and I'm going to lay my hands on you to rekindle the power and the love and the discipline of the Holy Spirit in you. It's up to you. I don't want to force anybody. But it's up to you. Just come and then um, come through the center aisle and then go through the outside. Go back to your seat. And we can do that right now.